full of them. From low-budget crap fests to downright unwatchable. And only two men are willing to watch them all. So climb in and take your seat. This is Short Bus Cinema. Let's do it. short bus cinema where we love to watch the movies you hate i am johnny krug and with me as always is my co-host rick morgan hey hey what's going on everybody this i think this episode is going to be very very uh testing for us because the movie we watched today is <laughs> well let's get into how we are how are you doing man <laughs> <laughs> wow we want to avoid the movie from the very beginning <laughs> Oh man, doing pretty good. Uh, just just busy in everyday life, but it's always fun to get back together and, and uh, watch a bad movie or two and make you realize, hey, your life doesn't suck as bad as you thought it did. <laughs> well, I honestly think that uh, this may be one of the lowest points of this show, so <laughs> I think going into it, that's a good thing that we can get this out of the way so early. Yeah, either that or we we bring this show to a close really quick because I don't think I don't know if we're going to find much any worse than this one. <laughs> <laughs> Today we are talking about Battlefield Earth, which uh, is notoriously just one of the hugest bombs in Hollywood. Just it just it bombed out in every sense of the word, and everybody involved with it kind of just brushed it under the rug. You know, it's weird because this movie has. It has Forrest Whitaker in it, Academy Award-winning actor. Right. Um, it has Barry Pepper, who I think he's been nominated. I don't think he's won. And then John Travolta, who's pretty much John Travolta and everything. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's, it's got a, a big enough credible cast. And like you said, with John Travolta at this time, he was at the height of his career. You know, the resurgence off of Pulp Fiction, and he pretty much could do face whatever. off. Yeah, I mean, he pretty much could do whatever, and, and people would go for it. So. Uh, this one's gonna be gonna be very interesting. Uh, this movie was brought up by by my good buddy Darren Wilson, who uh, you know I've known. He's got his own show, Psychosomatic Podcast, as well, and he threw this one out there, and I knew instantly just because of the history of this movie. Yeah, it's a bad one. Uh, I just didn't know how bad. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> well, uh, do you want to take a quick break? Yep, we'll take a quick break. We'll come back and we'll jump right into it. Right now, you're going to hear some promos for other shows that we really enjoy. So we'll be right back. <laughs> we'll be right back. Monterino, you're going. <laughs> Get out of the way! An Evil Dead TV show? No way. Negan is coming to The Walking Dead. That's awesome. Don't you guys think a werewolf series is long overdue? 
Oh, hello there. Are you looking for coverage of horror on the small screen that you can't find on any other podcast? Then welcome to Evil Episodes Podcast, where we take an in-depth look at horror around the dial, covering everything from today's hits like The Walking Dead, American Horror Story, and The Strain. As well as looking back into the TV Horror Vault to discuss anthologies like Tales from the Crypt, Monsters, Masters of Horror. Yeah, but do any of those shows have werewolves in them? What movies will become a TV series next? Just how many more seasons will every CW show get? When will they put some damn werewolves on the TV? Tune in to Evil Episodes Podcast for all your horror on television needs and more. I need werewolves. Hey, did I mention how Lovecraftian all this actually is? And now for our feature presentation. And we're back talking about Battlefield Earth from 2000. I thought this movie came out in like 98, but apparently I was I was way wrong with that. Well, this movie. <laughs> with, with the effects and stuff, I don't know that you could really tell a difference. So, uh. <laughs> there, Have you ever seen a movie that Mystery Science Theater covered called Overdrawn at the Memory Bank? No. It stars Raul Julia from, uh, you know, Adam's Family and all that. Right. And it, I think it came out in the early 90s, and it was, like, some of the worst special effects I've ever seen. I think they rival these. Ah. <laughs> and, and that movie was, like, directly made for TV. So, <laughs> yeah, but this movie has a 2.4 on IMDb, which is very telling in itself. <laughs> because I, I, I think that's pretty I don't high, think we, actually. <laughs> well, ha- we haven't reviewed a movie that's had that low of a score yet, have we? I don't think so. See, I think people are—I think people are hip to how bad this is, and it's not. And to me, I don't think it's just a trendy kind of thing to say you don't like it. It's—it's. It's, yeah. Well, we'll get into it. Yeah. It's genuine. <laughs> this movie uh, is directed by Roger Christian, and uh, from what I can tell, he hasn't done anything else that's of note. I think this is his biggest thing, and I—I I think Hollywood probably blacklisted him after this. <laughs> and the uh, this is based off of a novel by L. Ron Hubbard, and if you don't know who that is, he's the author of Dianetics and the creator of Scientology. Yeah. And. <laughs> There's a lot of those undertones in this movie. Yes, there is. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> well, based on everybody in it, I don't. I only know that John Travolta is. I think he's the only Scientologist in the cast, as far as that goes. Yeah, this was this was a project. Uh, the company that put this out is known for, you know, doing solo or doing projects that are near and dear to some actors' hearts that even though major distribution companies wouldn't even touch, that's what this company was kind of known for. There is a total legend behind this movie of what happened. And uh, I don't know if we want to get into that now or we want to wait until later on, but man, what a story. I think we should should get into it, yeah. Okay, so uh, you know, this company uh, I'm trying to think of the name of them. But, I'd never heard of them before when they when they came up on the screen. Well, they 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 produced uh, 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 Boondock Saints. They did the whole nine yards. So they've done all these projects. Get Shorty, but they went bankrupt because they were getting sued by the the loaners that were giving them the money to do these movies. Case in point, what happened was they were jacking up what it would cost to make this movie and pocketing a lot of the money. So in this case, if you look at this movie and it says it was a $78 million budget to make this movie, they spent less than 30 on it, $30 million to make the movie, and pocketed the rest. 
I have a feeling a big chunk of it probably went to the three main actors too. Like yeah. I mean, not not yeah. not a not a big chunk of what was pocketed. I mean, a big chunk of the actual budget. <laughs> I totally agree because you can't look at this movie and say, yeah, there's there's thirty million dollars well spent. <laughs> <laughs> well, a funny story, a really funny story is that you and I were talking before we ever watched the movies. I, well, I think you were watching it the night that we were talking. Yeah. And and I had mentioned how the, the it you know it it cost so many millions of dollars to make, and it was just you can't tell in the production. There's, there's stuff that you could make in like Windows Movie Maker. You could do the yeah. you know the the swipes in there, and you know the screen wipes oh. and like. And the, the oh swipes just God. killed me, man, because it was straight up Star Wars screen swipes. I mean, that's what they were going for. But it's so terribly done in this one. Oh man. <laughs> oh yeah. It's there's really not a lot of good transitions between the, the scenes and stuff in this. But no. <laughs> the, the the basic plot of this movie is you get this whole scroll at the beginning, just like Star Wars. <laughs> yep. And uh, I don't know what version you saw, but the version I watched. It was in German. <laughs> Me too. Yep. Okay. So, and there was no voiceover for that part. So mm. I have no idea what it said. Nah. But it's it, weird it, because once you get past that, it comes up in English and it says man is endangered and it's the year 3000. Yep. That just adds to the greatness of this movie, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's funny too because in, in the funny thing is you watched a completely different version than I did because your copy was what? One hour, 39 minutes? Yeah. And mine was one hour and 59 minutes. I'm sorry. And, <laughs> yeah, oh, I am too. I'm very sorry. <laughs> because I, I I, can only imagine that uh, they cut out some really important stuff that you missed. Yeah, I'm sure they did. <laughs> like, like more, more of a berry pepper, you know, barking like an ape or John Travolta hitting his head on a spaceship or something. Oh, man. <laughs> so, normally, I watch these movies and I breeze through them. Not a problem. And I was texting Johnny while I was watching it, and I, I literally had to stop the movie four times just to try to digest what was going on. And that never happens to me. If if it wasn't for this show, I would have just stopped watching after about four minutes. <laughs> oh, oh, me too. Me too. Uh, it's you know the the riff tracks for this is actually really amazing because they uh there's it gets to a point where at the end of the movie the bill corbett's like hey guys are we in hell like is this actual hell <laughs> like are, are we just gonna watch battlefield earth on a loop for the rest of our life oh. and uh and they're they're talking about because i mean the whole movie they're talking about how hellish it is just watch just sitting there <laughs> and it really doesn't make a lot of sense because it has every reason of why it should be at least somewhat entertaining it should be watchable and it's not it's not at all Mind blowing, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's crazy. The, the the movie starts off. You see these people. They're kind of like cave people, but it's the year three thousand. So you can only imagine that there's been some kind of apocalyptic event, and humans have been. It, it's kind of like Mad Max, but even lesser because they're on horses and stuff. There's no vehicles, right? And uh, <laughs> the guy who runs this little colony, he tells his daughter, whose name is Chrissy, Chrissy the cave girl, <laughs> right. <laughs> The names in this are so ridiculous. Hers, though, just caught me really off guard. I'm like, yeah, Chrissy. That would, she, yeah. she reminds me of a Chrissy. Because the funny thing is, is almost everything in this movie is a made-up word by L. Ron Hubbard, except for a couple names. <laughs> the leader of the tribe looks like Jethro Tull, and he's telling all the people that, <laughs> you know, you can't go out and, and face these dangers, but, you know, Chrissy's waiting for the return of... of uh, 
Eddie Vedder? Eddie Vedder. I said he looked like the bass player from Cinderella. <laughs> <laughs> You're probably closer than I am. <laughs> and uh, Well, it's funny, too, because he tells them, he's like, yeah, we're going to go ahead and shut the gate. And they have this big old like wood gate with spikes and stuff on it. And they're like, this is his destiny. And what do they call him, a greener? They call they, he says oh he he's just a greener or something like that yeah and that's what they call people I guess who are like not of the royal the royal cave people <laughs> <laughs> sure and so they all go into their cave and their huts or whatever and the girl's still standing there and sure enough here comes up Vetter on a horse and he just goes right around the gate there's a complete open spot next right. to it right. Right. <laughs> Nobody noticed that in, the, in in editing or anything. Well, you know, they're cave people. They they just wanted to block the people from coming in this specific area right here. <laughs> <laughs> that was great. Uh, that that was the first thing I was just like, okay, guys, really? Uh, <laughs> and then you, you just get, shut a gate that has spikes on it, and someone walked around it. <laughs> and then you get him pulling up on horseback to Chrissy, and uh, she she. Uh, Sorry, uh, but your dad's dead. <laughs> what? <laughs> so he drives back, and you get this s- stupid scene of <laughs> of him just driving in, and this is in the this is in the Rocky Mountains where they're hiding out, supposedly. Uh, we'll get the ge- we'll get into the geography of this movie here in a little bit because it's just so redonkulous. It's it's just uh, unbelievable, but. Uh, <laughs> he comes in and apparently he found this medicine to give his dad. Well, apparently he was too late. His dad passed on. And he gets so angry that he just throws something. I don't even know what it is he throws. He just could be a rock, could be a chunk of hair. I don't know. <laughs> a chunk of hair? <laughs> <laughs> That's an ongoing theme in this movie, too. There's always something going on with his hair. There's a lot of hair references in general in this movie. Yeah. So out of that, they they have the big council meeting where they're all sitting around, and this is where Jethro tells up telling everybody about, no, we have to stay here and please the gods, and you know don't mess with the monster and all this stuff. So Eddie Vedder uh, goes outside, and Sacagawea gives him uh, a necklace from his mother, which I'm like, why would this girl have a necklace that belonged to his mother? Yeah, and because especially since it, they they imply that the mother's not been around for a very long time, right? You think before like, this point she would he, she would have given it to him? It looked like an old razor blade <laughs> on, on some string. It was Here, her old lady bit. This was this was your mom's. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Oh man, we hear. Well, they talk about. They say the humans must uh, appease the gods, so they'll drive away the demons. And they they never really go into detail about that. I mean, because as soon as they start going into detail about it, the whole movie just goes. It already is off the rails, but it goes way beyond off the rails. Yeah. As soon as you know. It, it right goes from there that. to him standing on a mountaintop blowing a horn. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, what the. What the heck is going on here? <laughs> then he stands there and held his arms out like he's Moses. I'm like, this this makes no sense at all. They shot that like he was Moses too, and that to me is really ballsy with this being, you know, written by L. Ron Hubbard. <laughs> <laughs> Man. But uh so he goes off after that horn blowing scene and he meets these hunters at it looks like an old mini golf course. Yeah, that's what it is. Like, yeah. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure because 
there was a giant golf ball, but there were a lot of other weird things sitting around. That's where the budget went then on the on the miniature golf course set. <laughs> <laughs> that are all the matte paintings. Oh man. The two dudes that he meets is kind of a standoff. They both look like mem- members of Molly Hatchet, and they're standing there <laughs> making monkey sounds. And uh, out of that, they just decide to take them downtown because he's talking about finding the monster and finding the gods and all this. So they try to give this explanation of you know humanity's been destroyed. So they take them downtown to, which still doesn't make any sense because dude was in the in the Rocky Mountains. So maybe this is Denver. Where he's in the, these buildings, I'm just trying it's, to figure it's it like out. The, it's like they go to the Mall of America or something because, yeah. like, they walk up and well, the guy they show him is a big stone statue of like a, a like an auto auto care like shop. Like, like, like he's holding boys. a wrench. <laughs> it is. It's a pet boy. <laughs> <laughs> So they go into this old dilapidated mall, and uh, immediately this was this made me laugh. And I don't think it's intentional that it made me laugh, but Eddie Vedder walks straight into a display case that's glass, and there's water visibly dripping down it. Like you could see the water. So he he, there's no way this guy would have just walked right into that. But I guess they're trying to imply that they're that stupid. You're right. Oh yeah. I totally even skipped that, so. <laughs> but they decide it's time to eat, so they all gather around the fire, and they're eating, and then one of the Molly Hatchet dudes looks at uh, Eddie Vedder and says, so you're telling me that you left a place where you had a woman. You know, hey, tell me where she is, and I'll go take care of her, and that gets all Eddie Vedder all hot and bothered, so he stands up and ready to fight. Then out of nowhere, one of them gets shot. <laughs> by 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 the singer for a '90s new metal band. I think it's like lead singer for Corn. That's, that's what I said. All the aliens in this movie look like members of Corn. <laughs> <laughs> they really do, man. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not too far off by when what they sound like when they're actually speaking their their language. Right. <laughs> oh man. So immediately they're attacked and and uh, taken prisoner and. I thought they were taken back to their own planet, but nah. It, th- th- I'm so confused about things that happen in this movie. Be- do they ever go to another planet? Because a planet blows up at one point in this movie, but no, it's not Earth. No, the, they actually do take them to Denver, because that's where the hum- the human processing center is, is in Denver. Of course, oh, okay. where else would you have it? I mean, it's Denver. <laughs> <laughs> and then they, you know, they get there, and for some reason they they put them in this dome. I guess for these aliens to live in their own environment, they don't breathe oxygen, so they take the oxygen out, and. Uh, so the humans have to wear these breathing apparatuses that basically look like just nose plugs for swimming. Uh, it's like, boy, uh, way to be inventive there. I mean, you just went out and spray painted them and stuck them on pieces of people's nose. That's that's brilliant. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was so bad. <laughs> and then you you get to meet uh, well, uh, Eddie Vedder kind of breaks loose and grabs one of the weapons and shoots one of the members of Corn. <laughs> and uh, he falls down dead. So he takes off running. They capture him and bring Batten. This is where you finally get to meet John Travolta. And he looks like not only Corn, but he kind of looks like Mike Portnoy from Dream Theater. And, oh, I can see him playing drums. Oh, yeah. And his name is <laughs> Turl. Which it, but it's, it's, it's Turl, but they they always pronounce like Daryl. Like ter- yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> it's spelled like Turl. Yeah, Turl the redneck alien. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Turl. My name is Turl. <laughs> 
Dale Turl and Hart. Oh, it's terrible. Uh, but uh, so he, they tell him that, oh, this this Eddie Vedder, you know, he escaped. He had shot one of the other guys. He's like, one of these humans can grab a gun and shoot it? I don't believe you. So he sets up the scenario again and gives the, the Eddie Vedder another gun and lets him shoot a guy just to prove that he's the one that actually did it. So it's like, really? I mean, what is what? What is the purpose of this at all? Well, he's, he tells him he doesn't want to put it in his report. He's like, I'm not going to put in a report that, uh, what do they call them in this movie? They call them uh, man animals. Man animal, yeah. Yeah, he didn't want to put in his report that a man animal was, was uh, able to comprehend how to use a gun and <laughs> shoot him. Man, uh, just so lame. <laughs> it's just so lame. Well, we get a lot of like like a table like board meeting type stuff in this movie because you get oh. the scene where you have well before that though you turtle. you've got you've got the the, the the Parson Stafford that shows up and they're they're cheesing him up because apparently he's the guy that that makes or breaks the business that's going on. So bottom line is the aliens are coming here for gold. Okay, let me repeat: <laughs> <laughs> aliens from another planet, nay even another galaxy. Are here for gold. <laughs> is that a commodity on another planet? Apparently. I'm just, I'm just trying to figure this out. So, they're mining here is what they're doing. That's why they're here. They've come here for the gold. Makes perfect, <laughs> perfect sense. Uh, so, they set up this mining facility, and, and you've got a, a group that's been here for a long time, and, and Travolta's in charge of all that. Turl is in charge. And, uh, not Charles is in charge. Turl is in charge. <laughs> Turl in charge. <laughs> but his boss comes in, who's, you know, not a very likable guy, so he just appears out of thin air. So here again, I'm going, wait a minute. If we're having to fly people in from other galaxies to bring them here, how does this guy just appear like a mirage? Right? <laughs> yeah. So they're, they're cheesing him up, and... You get this scene. Now, the other side of this, I'm going on way too much about a movie that doesn't mean squat, but I'm just trying to put these pieces together. But these aliens talk with such, I don't know, importance, I guess, as far as in the English language. The acting in this movie is absolutely atrocious. Oh, and, man. John Travolta just eats every every bit of the scenery. Uh, so here's a scene where they get to meet uh, the the parson uh, the parson staffer. Because my transfer goes through. Well, Kerr, once we finish mining out this miserable little planet, let's do the universe a favor. Let's exterminate a lot of them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you're too much. So they tell me. Please come this way. <laughs> I mean, the, just the whole persona of what's going on. It's almost like they're. 1700s <laughs> British Victorian people. I mean, <laughs> Rick, you too much. <laughs> it's just so ridiculous. And then, like you said, it gets to the, the where they're sitting around the table and having a council meeting, which is the most bizarre thing possibly ever on film. Because <laughs> they use so many prosthetics in this movie, too. <laughs> and it's totally not necessary. <laughs> no, no. You got uh, you got Darth Sidious over there with a neck gourd. <laughs> you know, it's just the weirdest bunch of people, man. And and it's it it just doesn't make any sense. And Forrest Whitaker, it looks like a creature off of Labyrinth. 
<laughs> or the Dark Crystal. One of those. He, he looks like Ludo from Labyrinth, almost. There you go. I, I knew it was one of those. Ludo friend. <laughs> but, so, so they're at this meeting, and uh, we find out that Turtle has been in this place. Basically, he's basically been like a babysitter, and he, he hates it, and it's kind of a crap job, but he does it so well that... They, 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 you know, they tell him you know, how great of a job he's been doing and stuff. Right. And then th- he's in a really good mood until he finds out that they're going to keep him there for another five. And then he gets <laughs> upset about it. So they tell him they're going to keep him there for 15, like, gloopity glops. They use some stupid words. I don't know what the words they are they use, but... I think like, they said, like, keep- sessions, five sessions. Oh, okay. Could be units of, like, years or something. So he's probably already been here for five or so. I've, I've actually got the dialogue here. <laughs> and this, something so weird happens in this, too. And uh, you'll, you'll get to hear that as well. Here we go. Where did I graduate at the top of my class? Quite an accomplishment. <laughs> I mean to second guess the home office. But surely I could be a better service to the corporation. Home office is well aware of your academic achievements and obvious talents. That's why we've decided not to keep you here for another five cycles. Cycles. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> oh, thank you, sir. I... I don't know if I could have kept my sanity to be here another five cycles. We decided to keep you here for another 50 cycles. Here we go. With endless options for renew, with endless options for renew, with endless options for renew. <laughs> so did dude just throw in an echo box or what? <laughs> there's, there, there's like three scenes in this movie where that happens too, where they, it keeps echoing what someone just said. And I'm sitting there thinking like, that had to be a, a decision that somebody made in post, a sound editor. Yeah. And why? Why did they make that decision? <laughs> make it, make him sound more sinister. We'll just have it repeated a bunch of times. How about that? <laughs> oh. I love that. <laughs> I would have lost my mind. I would have lost my sanity. <laughs> oh, oh my god. There, there are a couple scenes in this movie where I can't believe... I mean, honestly, the director didn't know how to direct actors into, into no, what he wanted because there are a couple scenes where I think they just let Travolta do whatever the hell he wanted to do. Well, he was the reason that the movie even got made, so it was it was his baby. And uh, <laughs> that that's what's scary. They, they found a director that would do whatever he wanted to do, and that's as far as it goes. Have you noticed? If you just go back and look. Well, don't, don't go back and look. You can take my word. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but uh, every shot is in an angle dude dude that was that was it's coming up in my what were they thinking man every shot is in an angle nothing is straight on it's all done in this weird oh abstract i it it is it is beyond irritating it's something that david dakota the uh the horror director he didn't used to do that in the 80s but for some reason when he did a lot of like direct video stuff in the 90s all of it was like that. Just it was always like a uh, like a dog tilting his head to the side with a camera on it. Right. That's exactly like, what it's like. And I'm like, come on, man. Like, and and it's it's kind of disorienting because it'll be people riding on horseback and it'll be angled one way, and then it'll show them coming from the other way, and the angle will switch. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah. this is just too much, man. It, just it, too much. <laughs> it's just hard to believe this was 2000 when this came out because it really looks like some some mid 90s looking stuff. Like almost made for TV, almost like an episode of Hercules or Xena or something. It's. it's I was just gonna say this is like TV sci-fi from the nineties. It really is. So, uh, <laughs> wow, it's just seventy-eight million folks. That's what we're talking about here. 
Yeah, there's, there's. I mean, it, it, it is completely understandable that this money wasn't spent on the film. So yeah, if you wanna, <laughs> yeah, talking about the effects. Let, let's go out there on a branch and let's let's have a the planet that they're coming from have a really cool name. What can we call it? Uh, how about Planet Cyclo? Really? And you know what you call Cy- the people from there? Cyclones. Jeez. Brilliant. <laughs> that is. <laughs> And well, the plan- they show the planet that he's from, and I swear, man, if you pull up the video for Rhythm of Love by the Scorpions, it's a rhythm of love! It looks <laughs> just like this, except purple. <laughs> oh, man. There's there's just way too much blue and stuff in this movie. Just... <laughs> The the yeah, this is like you know when you see something like Argento where they light a lot of scenes with red or blue, and you're like, well, that's done very artistically and nice. This movie, it was just like, it it was just so overbearing on every scene oh. that I'm just oh, just so yeah. bad. But I'm, t- I'm telling you, man, well, the effects on this look just like the the late '80s Scorpion video. That's how high tech this movie is. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, it, while the discussion is going on, that's where we get the great lunchroom battle where the guy says nobody eats before I do. And you look at what they're eating, you're like, man, who'd want to eat that crap in the first place? <laughs> it looks like vom- it looks like vomited up guacamole. <laughs> oh. So uh, he does Eddie Vedder does a number on that guy and shows him who's boss. He, he's starting that, to stand out from the crowd. That and you know what's really weird about that scene though? Again, I don't know if they made choices because these people are supposed to be primitive, but after he after he dunks the guy's face in the food that they're all gonna eat, he has a bunch of it in his hand, and this little girl walks up and eats it out of his hand, and then and then he he turns to the guy he just dunked his head, and the guy takes it out of his hand and eats it. I'm like, what the heck? What am I seeing here? It 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 was very much earlier, like the whole Moses thing. It was very it was very like I don't know. Yeah, and then you get. Then he, you know, Eddie Vedder gets to escape for a while, and he and he escapes for like fifteen minutes of this movie. I mean, just, just for the next quarter of the movie, you're just seeing this guy escaping. Well, because that's <laughs> well, doesn't he escape like two or three times here? Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like he keeps he keeps escaping for fifteen minutes. Yeah, it's just <laughs> it just keeps going. You're like, what is the point of this? He's <laughs> he he doesn't go anywhere. He still stays. Right here, you know. I don't know. Well, 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 he escapes the first time, and I want to say when he escapes the first time, it that's whenever they do that whole bet. The two alien guys do the bet where it's like, you know, I bet he won't last four minutes without oxygen. Right, right. And, and uh, so he's running around with his breath held, and he immediately runs into this room where it's, it's almost like a like a I don't know. It's like a, like a place where they're melting steel or something. Yep. And uh, one of the guys in there actually gives him his uh, nose piece so he could breathe. And, of course, they come in there and they're like, that's cheating. So they start shooting the place up. So he then escapes again and runs around like an idiot for a while. Yep. Then you <laughs> get to the, the point to where he gets to, the, he gets to the, the fence that's keeping him from going to nature. You can see nature on the outside like an escape route. And they're standing there watching him. And then both the guards that are chasing him doing this bedding get shot. And it's John Travolta shooting him. And it's like... Yep. What? <laughs> this this just it makes no sense. Well, well, this is kind of this is kind of where we hear the plot, though, right? Like this is where we hear that they want these they want to teach these guys they want them to learn things so they can get them to mine gold for them. 
Okay, yeah. Let's let's talk about that for a second. That's so weird. We're going to because I thought they already were right. We're going to teach the slaves that we have to do the things we want them to do. Okay. Uh, isn't it the the whole point of having slaves? Now, they are taking it a bit further. I mean, when you're going to take a guy and teach a guy that hates you and wants to leave, and you teach him how to fly your ship. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's counterproductive in any way you look at it. <laughs> well, that's the thing is like like they were they were getting him to learn like their history, their language, how to fly the ship. I'm like, what is he gonna need all this stuff for if they're just mining gold? Oh man. Uh, well, <laughs> but yeah, they. they I, I, I don't know. <laughs> but he but he ends up taking him and and the dude from Molly Hatchet and lunchroom dude and, and sets them free just to examine them, just watch what they do. <laughs> and they put these button cameras. I love on this scene. So they can, so they can, you know, see what's going on. And he says, "Oh, this way we can figure out what food they like to eat," you know. And they they stumble upon these rats, and they're like, "That's it. That's what they like to eat." No, man, that's just the only thing they can find. So from this point on, <laughs> you know, the aliens are convinced that they want to eat rats because that's what they like to eat. So it's almost like, you know, the aliens are way more. Retarded than than the people they think are retarded. So I don't know. It, it, <laughs> well, there's a scene where John Travolta actually like a turtle actually slaps him in the face with a rat. <laughs> oh yeah, he says this. Do you want lunch? Jeez. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think my favorite thing during that that scene though is when the three of them they're, they're, they get there to this like cliff with this like stream running between it. Yes. <laughs> And and uh, and the main guy Vetter he he just decides he's gonna escape. Third time's a charm, right? <laughs> as, as soon as he gets to the edge of the cliff, a spaceship comes up and is looking directly at him. And the other two guys run off. Vetter picks up a stick and throws it at the spaceship. <laughs> <laughs> he don't play, man. He's he's a rough. But what I love about this scene is the other two guys. You know, they act like, no, don't jump. And he's like, I'm getting out of here. But they make no attempt to try to stop him. They just move out of the way. And he's, yeah. just, he's backing up and he's going to run and jump. And you're like, if you really didn't want him to jump, you too would like tackle him and hold him down. You wouldn't just move out of the way and let him jump. <laughs> no, please, please don't. Please don't help. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, the, the ship comes up and stops him from jumping. And like you said, he throws the stick. But what I love is right after that, and you kind of tapped on it while I go, but they start training him, teaching him all the all the information that they know. And they, you know, so he gets trained by this really bad hologram. <laughs> I don't know what the hologram is in front of him, but behind him, it looks like a Portuguese man of war hanging, just yeah. dangling behind him. It's, it's just... It's so bad, man. I mean, this this alien that's supposed to be, I am here to teach you the ways. And you're like, what is this, man? It's, it's like a reject off of Teletubbies or something. <laughs> it's, it's almost like something you see on a, at a theme park on a ride, like like something before you get on the ride. And it's like, right. welcome to Disney. That's We're exactly going to show like. you. It, it was, oh, man. So he gets a stream of knowledge into his eyes, and I guess it goes directly into his brain skull. Yeah. <laughs> 
and his friends his fr- friends assume that he's like being tortured but um right. so they come get him off of the machine and he and tells him like, no he's like no he's like man. no i know the- yeah <laughs> I'm learning stuff here so he jumps back in and uh, according to the information that he gets back and tells all the people that he's with all the other neanderthals <laughs> apparently the machine that's teaching him is only capable of teaching you up to about the eighth grade <laughs> Because he learns. Uh, yeah, because the, this symbol represents water. Oh, uh, how great! <laughs> well, he goes back and he teaches he he teaches them geometry, and I'm like, how's that going to help you escape? Like, what's a triangle going to do? <laughs> He's like, all parts are equal on all three sides, which means, and I'm like, and, and he's trying to tell these people like like any of this is going to help them. <laughs> oh man, <laughs> man. So come come to find out that. Uh, you know, when they destroyed humanity, then we just went back to Neanderthal state. Basically, folks, what this comes down to is L. Ron Hubbard ripped off Planet of the Apes. I mean, that that's all this is. There's no other way to describe it, but he just used gold as the reason of why it all happens. Yeah. Oh, Lord. Uh, <laughs> Dude's oh. horse shows back up at home, so that makes Chrissy go, you know what? Hey, I gotta go find him. He's out there somewhere. Was that his horse? I thought his horse died. Well, it got shot. But I, that's but, why I was confused because it shows it fall over when it gets shot. But yeah, but remember, I do rem- remember they they shoot all of them though, and you think they're all dead, but they end up being in the prison thing. Oh yeah, you're right because they shoot them through that glass. Right. So yeah, I think when they shot the horse, it just I don't know. Uh, stunned him, I guess. But he ends up going all the way back to the Colorado mountains and uh, or the Rockies, and and uh, Chrissy sees the horse. I mean, that's that's got to be what it is because nothing else would even. Well, it doesn't have to make sense, I guess. But she decides she's going to go try <laughs> to find him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, crazy. <laughs> well, this is. I mean, and during this time, they're planning an attack on a uh, on a. Uh, her and uh, Turl. I gotta get. I can't get their names, man. I just they're just so ridiculous. It's not important. But um, <laughs> well, you know, another thing we did. Another thing we didn't even mention was the fact that um, John Travolta's character Turl is pretty much blackmailing Kerr this entire movie. Oh, he's, yeah. he's, video, he's like audio and videotaping him, and basically having him say things that he's already said, but only videotaping it when when Kerr says it. So. Yeah. He's using it as blackmail, and uh, there's this whole scene where <laughs> uh, Eddie Vedder goes in there where they're both sitting there, and uh, he, I don't know what he tells them, but he, he basically, I think he tells them he's, he's going to kill them or something, or I'm going to I'm gonna leave, and all of a sudden, all of his guys rush up, and they have guns, except for none of them are loaded. <laughs> right, right. And they're immediately, they're immediately captured again. Yeah, yeah, they they find the guns. They come out and they go to shoot them, and they're like, "Yeah, you, you never keep a loaded gun stored anywhere." So, yeah, it's just how do you how do you load a laser gun? It's yeah, it's again totally lame, man. I mean, <laughs> just ridiculous. It's a laser gun. There is no loading. <laughs> oh. Did you put your solar cartridge in the laser gun? <laughs> And then out of nowhere, they just decide to take him to a library. <laughs> yeah, yeah. To show him, this is where all your knowledge is. This is this is your past history. And, and I mean, he sits down and tries to read a book for a few seconds, and John Travolta just smacks it out of his hand. Then you just go to the next scene. It's like a total throwaway scene. 
So uh, yeah, just it doesn't make any sense why that's even in the movie. There's a lot of that going on here. Yeah, uh, because it, I think it's almost immediately after this where he does he does the uh, flight simulator Dianetics edition where it's basically like the one you did in high school, the flight simulator. <laughs> right. Except for you have somebody threatening to blow up your girlfriend's head if you don't do it correctly. <laughs> right, and the fact that it looks like a really bad Sega Genesis game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, it looks terrible. Oh, I did I did forget to mention, though, the fact that they, they have captured his girlfriend just almost immediately. Yeah. So Chrissy gets captured. They put a collar on her that's going to blow up her head. Yeah, that's, if a, he that's does. original. Hadn't heard of that before. I know, right? <laughs> well, and then they did this really lame thing where they put the collar on one of, uh, one of uh, Eddie Vedder's friends, and... He begs, he begs uh, Turtle not to blow up the guy's head. He's like, "I'll do anything, just don't blow up his head." He's like, "Oh, I won't kill him, but this is the last favor I do for you." And then he walks over and he hands the the, the little detonator device to Kerr, and Kerr detonates it. <laughs> and he's like, "I told you I wouldn't do it." Like, God, that is just come on, man. It's not even funny. It's just stupid. Yeah. Well, what I, I love about, about that, that scene, scene though, before that is. <laughs> Is John Travolta showing off how how good of a shot he is by blowing the legs off of cows? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he even does the behind-the-back thing and shoots. I'm like, dude, you're an alien. <laughs> you know, you should not know Americana Western shooting techniques. Shooting under your legs and around your back is something an alien wouldn't be like, hey, check me out. Just, if, you, if you don't know what humans eat, you don't know about John Wayne or Clint Eastwood. <laughs> <laughs> just so ridiculous, man. And and, and and I'm just gonna throw this out there and I'll probably bring it up later, but cows? Why is there cows in this movie? I, I'm just confused why there were only cows there, like why these people were eating you know, they're, they're like sc- scrounging for food, they can't find anything, and all of a sudden there are cows everywhere. That that's that's my point. <laughs> <laughs> It was, well, it was very well thought out. Yeah. And while he's shooting the cows, out of nowhere, he gets tackled by... <laughs> I, I got it wrote down as the redneck attack. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who happens to be Buddy Ravel from 3 O'Clock High. <laughs> yeah, that is who it is, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, dude, I forgot. He doesn't look the same in this, though. Oh, like, because yeah. he's got long hair in this, right? Yeah. Well, I guess. Or some kind of coonskin cap or something. I mean, who who knows? So you get this this tribe of it's almost like the sand people in Star Wars. They're kind of their own group. They're they're renegades, they're hidden from everybody else, so they're running wild. And uh, the aliens haven't picked up on them yet. So they kinda team up with, with this group of morons. <laughs> you get dude makes his brave heart speech about it's all about freedom. <laughs> I was like, oh man, come on. What what did you not rip off in this movie? You know what's crazy though too is uh, and I, I may be jumping ahead here, but they go after this to um they raid Fort Hood and Fort Knox. I don't think those are close to each other, are they? Not at all. One's in Texas. I, <laughs> One's that's in that's what I thought. Okay, that's what I thought. Well that was because what I was gonna get to is is they Because they raid them back to back. <laughs> okay. So so what happens is our group of, I don't even know what you call them, people, aliens, not the aliens, <laughs> but the people. Uh, so the, the man animals. The, the, animals. Yeah, the man animals. Manimals. I am the manimal! But, uh, <laughs> so they let them take Turtle's jet or ship, whatever it is, to start going and do this mining. So here's, here's the plot. <laughs> Loosely, here's the plot. 
they decide that it's cheaper that if they can take a group of these animals and teach them how to mine for gold, then they won't have to pay for people to come from the mother planet to come down here and do that kind of work so they can get cheap labor. That's the point. So they decide to do an experiment with these people to see if they are capable of digging up gold. So you teach one of them to fly your own plane, and you're just going to let them go. Just take it and go. Go go do this thing. So they come up with this great plan. <laughs> this still blows my mind. So we're going to go, and we're going to act like we're digging up gold. But we're actually going to be going and getting weapons. Well, what are we going to do when they ask for the gold? Oh, well, we'll just go to Fort Knox and take the gold from there and give them that gold. And they'll think we're mining that gold. I'm like, wait a minute. (laughs) If aliens were coming here looking for gold, the first place they would go would be Fort Knox. (laughs) Yeah, it would be. (laughs) I mean, if if they have the ability to look at our history and look at, I don't know, military plans, they would find that Fort Knox holds all the already fabricated gold. Why is this even in the movie? (laughs) Well, John Travolta gets pretty mad, too, because he shows up and they're all in bricks. He didn't want them in bricks. (laughs) (laughs) Doesn't he tell them that they're wasting time? That that means you've got too much time. You've got time to sit around and make these bricks out of this gold. It's like, that's just moronic, man. (laughs) Yeah. Every 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 little bit of that thought is stupid. So while they're doing the thing of getting the gold in Fort Knox, they're also at Fort. I mean at, uh, at yeah Fort Knox. They're also at Fort, <laughs> Fort, Hood. At Fort Hood. They yeah, go to Fort Hood, Hood Texas because supposedly at Fort Hood, Texas, there's this military grounds where there's jet planes that's been sitting there for a thousand years now. That's that's kind of the thing they forget. It's like, you know, it was a thousand years ago that you guys came here and destroyed everything. Oh, I have that written down. I have it later whenever they get in their big fight. I have have it written down. Those are thousand-year-old planes they're flying. Right. So, (laughs) one thing, just just curious, where do you find fuel for these things that are a thousand years old? (laughs) I mean, they, they find all the old weapons and stuff. I'm pretty sure that if there was an attack that there was this large a scale where they pretty much destroyed the Earth, every bit of this stuff would probably be used. I doubt that there would be a bunker full of these weapons and, and planes and just saying, just saying. <laughs> well, you'd have to assume you'd also have to assume that every plane in the hangar is in complete running order, like completely ready to go. It's a thousand years old, dude. There wouldn't even be wheels on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Well, then, well, they walk in there, and it looks like, I mean, the place looks like it's, it's had a janitor for the whole time. Exactly. It doesn't even look run down at all. So stupid. So stupid. And flight simulator. So I'm going to take every redneck and Neanderthal now, and in two weeks, teach them how to fly these planes. <laughs> you know what, though? I'm pretty sure that's how they do it in the Air Force. I think they just give them, put them in that machine for a little couple hours and let them go. I mean, these are guys that don't even know that there was ever states. <laughs> and you're going to teach them to fly. How are they going to know the coordinates of flying these things? <laughs> well, didn't isn't there, uh, I may be wrong, but isn't there a scene where they say something like, it's just like riding a horse or something? Yeah, sure. Because to me, it's like, to me, it's like, it's like when people say, uh, oh, it's just like riding a bike. That makes sense because, you know, riding a bike is pretty simple, but... You wouldn't compare riding a horse to flying a, a jet liner. Oh, man. Or a fighter plane. So they come up with this ingenious plan of taking a nuclear bomb 
<laughs> and taking it to the alien's home planet, and because of it being a nuclear bomb and what the planet is made out of, it'll cause a nuclear reaction and blow the whole planet up. Not to even mention of how you're going to get there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, don't worry about that part of the plot because it doesn't matter. Uh, on top of that, we're going to blow up the dome, which is over Denver, Colorado, because that's where the aliens live, all at the same time. So, you catch my drift, Independence Day? That's kind of <laughs> where we're going. <laughs> oh. There's so many better movies that they, they pay homage to, whether or not they know it. Uh, they but, know it. <laughs> they know yeah, it. <laughs> they have to. Oh. So, well, yeah, man. And, and the, the fact that... that how about the scene where they open up the nuclear bomb and he pulls out the, the, the sensor that says warning on it? Yeah. And they're all going, warning, warning. I'm like, oh my gosh. <laughs> You're working on a nuclear bomb and you can't even understand the words, but you can read a blueprint blueprint army document diagram. <laughs> Well, also, I mean, you, I assume they know how to read all the, the gauges and stuff in the cockpit. Exactly. I, it's just <laughs> it's just stupid, man. I mean... Well, it, there's also... There's a scene right after that where... Where, um... What, what is he? He has, like, the blackmail tapes that uh, of, of right. Turtle blackmailing Kerr. Right. And, and he tries to convince Kerr that, you know, like, everything isn't what it seems, you know. And Kerr's like, give me the tapes. And they try to make a deal, but Kerr's like, no, I'll just... I'll just kill you or your girlfriend and take the tapes so he he pulls his he pulls his gun on eddie vetter and eddie vetter apes out does the whole thing yeah yeah and he passes the tapes i I mean i don't know if they're they're tapes they look like little canisters of tuna he 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 passes the cat food to his girlfriend she passes it to the person in the cage next door and it just keeps going down the line yeah and i'm thinking the whole time like yeah because he can't just shoot all of you and take it (laughs) And you just stop, stop ahead, you know, shoot about three people in front of where they're going to pass it next. And that kind of where it stops. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It, th- that scene was just, God, it was bad. Yeah. But the, this is right before the battle begins. The battle's, I mean, it's about to get really intense. And, uh, well, yeah. I mean. We haven't said one thing about the slow-mo in this movie yet, either. Oh, God, there's so much of it. I mean, there's, this makes this- Jim Cotta like it's a fast-paced movie. <laughs> <laughs> There, there's, there, there are a couple scenes too with slow mo. Where, um, speaking of other movies that they ripped off, there's one scene where they're all shooting at Eddie Vedder as he's running, and the scene goes on for like 13 minutes. He's running down this corridor, and it's all in slow motion. They're just shooting, and all the pillars are exploding around him, and it looks just like you know the previous year, like they did in like The Matrix or something, right. except for it's just it's overkill and it looks like garbage (laughs) and it goes on for way too long I mean 13 minutes is an exaggeration but I bet it goes on for a full minute and a half it's just ridiculous long slow-mo shots every time there's a big action piece it's all in slow-mo really bad slow-mo yeah I've actually got that wrote down I said big shootout equals slow-mo run (laughs) (laughs) well they try to make it look all majestic I mean they got his hair flapping in the wind and stuff exploding around him And, and I mean, and they did spend some money on these special effects because they did have a lot of explosions. But mm. this is, I mean, besides the prosthetic face stuff and then these explosions, I don't know where else the money went. <laughs> uh, I mean, besides the people pocketing it. Yeah. Uh, so what do you but, got out so of So the cavemen. <laughs> yeah, straight out of that, you got, <laughs> I said, now we got cavemen flying fighter jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. 
and and they're flying them in formation. Right. <laughs> it's like they're they're in perfect formation. It's like the it's like the Blue Angels at a freaking air show. <laughs> like, are you guys serious with this? Oh man. <laughs> well, there's one part too where they're like they're just sitting there on top of this like uh, it's just it's like on top of this big glass thing. It may be it may be the dome part. It's the dome, yeah. It, and they're, they're all just kind of hovering there like helicopters in formation. And I'm like, I don't know if that's exactly how these jets work, but I don't know. I mean, nothing else makes sense. Oh, yeah. That's what I got. I mean, it basically says blow up the dome and blow up the planet. Uh, <laughs> I mean, so many of my notes. I wish you guys could see this. I may take a picture of it and put it up so you guys can see it. But beside every one of these things that happens in the movie, it just says off to the side, stupid. Or so stupid. <laughs> Even more stupid. <laughs> we said earlier they're in those thousand-year-old spa- uh, you know, fighter jets. Yeah. And they're going up against modern alien technology. <laughs> <laughs> it's just terrible, man. And and then you get, you know, you get Forrest Whitaker that's just chilling out in, in Travolta's place, watching the videos that he's had recorded of, you know, everything. And he's just sitting back and kind of laughing because he's got all this information now. Off of these, the off the tuna can, and uh, <laughs> and he's like, I, I I think I'll trade in all my wives and get prettier ones this time, or not ugly ones. And so he's making all these jokes of how he's going to start rolling into money because he's going to blackmail him. Well, he 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 makes those jokes directly in front of Turl, right? Because he tells him he's like, yeah, he's I think eighty twenty is fair, but I get eighty percent of it. <laughs> I'm like, right. and that's because that's when he says the thing about getting all new wives, right? And then the. Uh, Travolta's like, uh, then he tricks him into telling him <laughs> who he gave the the copies of the information to, and he just keeps saying, "Well, it wouldn't be this person. Oh, nope, not that person. Oh, what what about this person? Nope, wouldn't be that person. And he, would it be? And he pulls up the head of the bartender. Your friendly bartender." <laughs> The bartender, by the way, who looks just like Chris Kattan. He does. <laughs> <laughs> My God, he, 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 he need, they needed more of him in the movie. Oh man, I mean, but th- that whole dialogue is so unnecessary, so bad. It, it's just grueling to get through. Man, well, when you think about, I mean, because even Forrest Whitaker's not good in this, and you think about this guy went on to be. He won like best actor for the what the King's Speech or not the King's Speech or the, the Kingsman or whatever. I don't know. It's some King movie. Last King. Something like that. I don't know. I'm just naming every movie with King in the title. The King and I, him and Yul Brenner. <laughs> yeah, when they're dancing, that's great. I love it. <laughs> Ghost Dog, that's the one you're thinking of. <laughs> yeah, that's the one. <laughs> that's why he's wearing the black like raincoat on the cover, isn't it? Right. So yeah, at the end of it you basically got uh, the eight people blow up the home planet of the aliens regardless of however you think they get there (laughs) they send uh, it looks like the guy that takes the 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 rocket there the the nuclear bomb looks just like remember the little girl newt Newt, that was on aliens looks like newt oh yeah looks just like (laughs) newt grown up (laughs) that's funny she had a sex change she's in battlefield earth he, and he basically, he became like the martyr in the story, pretty much. Yeah, because you can't kill off the main guy, because that's, you know, that you can't have that happen. Then there's this whole scene where where he's, uh, where Turl and uh, Eddie Vedder get in a fight, and somehow, without Ed, without Turl even noticing, 
Eddie Vedder throws his girlfriend's uh, like neck bomb collar thing on his arm. <laughs> And I mean, it, it, the way he does it, the way they shoot it, it looks so obvious that he would know it's there. And then as he's laying on the ground, he he makes some stupid joke about, you know, like, you're going to regret that because he says he's going to blow up his girlfriend's. Oh, that's what it is. He thinks the collar's still on his girlfriend, even though it's right there on his arm. <laughs> and, he, and he's like, I'm going to push this button. You're going to regret this. He goes, no, you're going to regret it. And then all of a sudden he blows his own arm off. <laughs> and he looks at it kind of like... If you've huh? seen you, if you've seen UHF and the guy that saws his fingers off, right. call me Mister Butterfingers. <laughs> yeah, Emo Phillips. <laughs> yeah, he. That's what he looks like. He look. He looks at his arm like, well, that's slightly inconvenient. <laughs> it's terrible. It's so terrible. And yeah, it's just and. So then the, they end up blowing the planet up, and uh, they put from the, there. Yeah, they put Terrell in my version. I don't know where yours goes from there, but they. This is where they put him in the jail cell. Surrounded by all the gold, right? <laughs> this is kind of like they want. I think they wanted this to be a twist, but you see this coming the entire movie where they're talking to Turtle in a cell, and uh, a Kerr walks up behind him. And they think he's gonna. Turtle thinks he's gonna be saved, but it turns out that Kerr actually knows what a piece of crap Turtle is, yep. <laughs> and has decided to just let him rot in jail. Yep, he's 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 teamed up with the the humans now. So uh, yeah. It makes perfect sense. Well, I'm sure a cave, I'm sure a caveman could, uh, you know, forgive uh, Kerr for blowing his friend's head up and stuff. Sure, you know, <laughs> yeah, because they're cavemen; they don't remember things. <laughs> Apparently not. <laughs> that is all I have for like plot notes, and that's that's like really stretching it. <laughs> so it's weird. It's like we did watch the same movie, but mine wasn't as long for some reason. But we covered the same stuff. Well, you know what I wonder though. I wonder if like. Because it seemed to me like a lot of the like the the fight sequences with the planes and stuff went on for a long time. Maybe they cut some stuff out of yours. Maybe they did. I because know. I don't know. I, maybe we'll have to compare them side by side. <laughs> no, no, that's not. Go gonna back happen. and rewatch it. That's not going to happen. <laughs> man, okay. how would you upgrade this movie, man? Uh, that's uh, how about some acting? Maybe some directing? You know? Uh, <laughs> maybe just scrap this whole movie and make something totally different. Yeah, man. How many movies don't get made because they can't quite meet their budget goal? And this one had $78 million. Uh, man. I'd say more slow-mo. We need more slow-mo in this movie. <laughs> <laughs> what you got? Uh, well, I, I put less stupid made-up words. I don't mind it in movies like Star Wars and stuff because it doesn't sound so stupid. Right. But in this movie, every time they say something, I'm just like, shut up. <laughs> That's... Uh, but um, also, uh, you know, one thing that would really improve this movie is if they, if they if they took the Pat Benatar song "Love Is a Battlefield" and adapted that into a full-length movie and just called "Love Is a Battlefield Earth." Oh, it's because crazy. that would be a better plot than this entire movie. Heck yeah, dancing pimps, man. <laughs> <laughs> you, you know, one thing also uh, that really bugged me is I put an, an upgrade would be if, if whoever did the makeup on here watched any any YouTube makeup tutorial video by a kid for five minutes on blending colors when you're because there were so many prosthetics that did, did not match the color of their actual skin hmm. like especially that remember that did you see the scene where because this may have been something that was cut from years too where uh, John Travolta's sitting there with the long tongue girl and all yeah, that I was going to bring her up <laughs> 
Because her, yeah, because her, yeah, her, her blending was terrible, oh, man. Yeah, on her, yeah. <laughs> and you could see the line where they just set that cap on top of her head. <laughs> oh, it was, it was so bad. I mean, and it could have been bad for the guys too, except for they all had those massive predator dreads going on. Right. Oh man. Oh, another upgrade I'd give this movie instead of those stupid boots they're wearing that they can't get around in. Why don't you just give them all Gene Simmons boots with the with the dragon heads on them? That'd been much cooler. <laughs> Man, those boots must have gave them like real a lot of height because when they were standing next to Barry Pepper, I'm like, holy crap, they're like four feet taller than him. They couldn't even walk in the dang things. I was like, man, no, they waddled. Yeah, I just it's just a pathetic idea, man. If you had one of the upgrades would be give John Travolta better insults than Rat Brain because he says Rat Brain like a hundred times in this movie. If you had to take a drink every time he said rat brain, you're going to be on the floor, man. <laughs> I think there was actually another derogatory term that he used in the book, but they were afraid that it would be, uh, uh, I don't know, causing a lot of trouble. So I can't remember oh, okay. what it is now, but it was it was a, a much worse slang. But uh, that's the one they ended up with, so that's what they went with, and that's uh, great. <laughs> <laughs> Did you get any, uh, and learn any good lessons from this terrible bad movie? Just teach people to stay away from it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I just—I mean, I figure what I learned was that uh, apparently oxygen has no rules because there were certain parts where it's like they could breathe fine, and the next scene it's like right. four feet away they couldn't breathe, and I'm like, so where's the oxygen line here? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, they give you no indication. It's just okay. It's time to put the nose plug back on. So. Oh yeah. Oh man. There were some there were a lot of times where I was wondering what they were thinking though in this movie. Uh, like we said earlier the the sideways camera shots were just they were obnoxious. <laughs> go ahead cuz all of mine are I've just got an ongoing rant on mine. So go ahead. Okay. Um what were they thinking with the jiggly sixth finger on the aliens? <laughs> Whenever they lift their hand, you had a dangly little rubber finger that was an extra... You didn't need to give them the extra finger if it was going to look that bad. <laughs> it looked so terrible. John Travolta sit there, and he'd be saying something, and he's supposed to be menacing and serious. And he's got this little dangling finger. And then uh, the only other thing, what were they thinking? What were they thinking greenlighting Battlefield Earth? <laughs> like, I honestly don't know. I mean, based on everything you've told me about, you know, being a, a project of passion and, you know, John Travolta being involved and... You know the story with the, where the money went and stuff. I can see why this movie did make it as far as it did, but I can see I can see 100 why mainstream audiences thought it was a turd. Oh, yeah, I'm just glad that that people are brave enough to say, you know what? Regardless of it being an artistic move or it's based off of Scientology or John Travolta, all this stuff is like, yeah, man, this is terrible. And I mean, I'm glad to know that people actually think that because. You know, on YouTube, you look at people and they're like, I thought this movie was fine. And it looks like the, you know, when they wrote Planet of the Apes, they ripped this guy off. And I'm like, are you out of your what, minds? Was, was this book written? This book wasn't written that long ago, was it? Was it written in the 80s. <laughs> oh, yeah. So Planet of the Apes was early 70s, late 60s. You got to remember, these are the same people that think Planet of the Apes is only this new set of movies. So. Oh, okay. Yeah. So there you go. That's why you can't take those people as credible. All right. <laughs> what were they thinking? Here we go. Aliens couldn't find Fort Knox. Really? If you're looking for gold, you don't know that? Uh, like I said earlier, why are there weapons left from a thousand years ago? And where's the fuel for those? Uh, who taught these people how to load the weapons? 
cavemen flying planes? Cows? Buddy Ravel? <laughs> Library scene? Jeez. Teaching your slave to fly oh my God. ship? I mean... <laughs> <laughs> you're, you're threatening your slave at gunpoint to fly your ship. Man, crazy. That's my <laughs> this, stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this this movie, yeah. This movie, it, it's a rough watch. It's a really rough. I, I'm going to say it right now. This may be... This is definitely the hardest movie that I've sat through during this this uh, podcast so far. Have to agree. And it definitely earns its 2.6 or whatever. Like you said, it, it could earn even less, in my opinion. It could go down to like a 1.1 yep. or something. Yep. I'd watch Blood Savage all day long over this one. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, and, and, you know, that's what this movie needed. It needed... Margarino! You're gonna die! <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, if you could get just one My Torino out of John Travolta in this. Mozzarino! <laughs> You're gonna die! <laughs> I don't know why John Travolta turned into Christopher Walken kind of there at the end, but. <laughs> oh man. This movie just needed. Uh, yeah, it, it. this movie. It had to be. I, I see, I don't know. There should be. You know how there's like best, worst movie and documentaries about. You know, how did this get made? And, you know, why is this notoriously bad? And, like, Manos, there's documentaries about that. Right. I, I, I wonder if this movie had a troubled, like, production. I, I just, it kind of seems like it had to have, right? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> there's just no words for it, man. I, I'm sure there's there's interviews and stuff with John Travolta after the movie. You know, and he talks about, well, I just thought it was a good idea. And it all comes down to... He was one of the early, earlier Scientologist you know, followers. And L. Ron Hubbard actually signed a copy of this book and gave it to John Travolta. So he's hung on to it all these years as, I was meant to do this. This is me using my abilities to you know, <laughs> do the right thing. I mean, really, this is the kind of talk you get out of these things. Do the right thing. Spike Lee should have directed this. It would have been a totally different movie, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. There would have been a lot worse than a uh, rat brain. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, man. You know, I don't know if you remember when this came out, but I want to say 7-Eleven. Uh, I'm almost 100% certain. 7-Eleven had like four different Battlefield Earth Cups you could get. Oh, yeah. 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 It's just so to think about that, like it makes sense when you think of stuff back in the day like, you know, when McDonald's ran the Flintstone glasses or, you know, they, they, run, they run Jurassic Park cups and stuff at, at gas stations, but Battlefield Earth Cups? <laughs> well, I mean, they were hyping it up to be the next big movie, and, and man, I mean, they even had action figures they were making for this thing. Did they really? Yeah. Oh, my God. I have to see some of those. So they, I'm going to look. The, I'm going to Google that. Yeah, they were they were pumping this to be the next big thing. And uh, in their minds, that's what they were thinking. And they they were so wrong. <laughs> well, there, there's there's an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force where I think it's Master Shake where he has just like hundreds of like Battlefield Earth Cups sitting around. <laughs> but it, but it, 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 they don't call it Battlefield Earth. They call it like Battlestar Earth or something. But the picture looks just like John Travolta on the side of the cups. Right. Yeah, you knew what they were going it's, after. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just so funny to me. Like, I, I, I honestly just, man, I can't imagine any studio putting, cause, because $78 million, that's not even going into what they spent to put, you know, to you know, promote it and put up billboards and commercials and right. stuff. Right. Ah, this movie must, this movie just got so much money. Yeah. 
Yeah. So it's just it's it's a total disaster in, in every form and fashion. So yeah, man. As far as putting it on the bus, it's definitely backseat, man. It's it's so this is thing. yeah, this is backseat. It's the worst thing we've seen. It's it's unbelievable. Even going into this, I thought there's no way it's worse than some of these straight to video things because this is this had a budget, you know. It, it but honestly, it is. This is as bad as it gets as far as anything I've ever seen. Just goes to show, man. Just goes to show you that you can have actors in the budget, but if your movie sucks, it sucks. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I don't think Ed Wood could have made something this bad. Yeah. See, that's what I don't get. People say, like, you know, like, this is the worst movie ever made about other movies. And they always talk about, like, Manos the Hands of Fate and stuff, or, you know, The Room. Like, man, The Room's such a bad... Well, The Room is a bad movie, but it's not this kind of bad. Right. It's got entertaining <laughs> values to it that you can snicker at and have fun with, whereas this thing, you're just sitting there going, this is just a piece of crap. <laughs> yeah. There's no redeeming qualities to this yeah. movie. <laughs> the Room, you want to pull it out and, and watch with your friends, and this one, you're going to be like, I wish I could get that time back. <laughs> <laughs> oh hi, Turl. <laughs> <laughs> That's what this movie needed more. Tommy was so. Oh man. Oh hi, Eddie Vedder. <laughs> I think that's all I have for Battlefield Earth. I don't think I can. I don't know that I have anything else I can say about this movie. Right. So let's let's take a short break, play another promo for you, and we'll be right back, folks. Get out of the way! Do you desire to add yet another entry in the endless legion of film review podcasts to your playlist? Can you not stand the thought of having any moment of your dull, pointless, waking life intruded upon with the sounds from the real world, and would prefer to listen to a small cast of assholes talk about movies? Then, they must be destroyed on sight! Probably meets your bare minimum requirements. Join Lee Russell, Daniel Harper, Paul Romali, and the odd guest hosts as they talk about films from every genre, ranging from the obscure and schlocky to the well-known top-dollar classics. Look for They Must Be Destroyed On Sight on iTunes, Podbean, YouTube, and Facebook. That's They Must Be Destroyed On Sight. All right, folks, that does it for another episode of Short Bus Cinema. Uh, like, the, like the words of a wise man who once said, Battlefield Earth is a lot like Weekend at Bernie's Part 2, but a whole lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was going to say, man, every time they put on that uh, the island music and Bernie starts dancing, I uh, I think that's <laughs> it's slightly better than this. <laughs> <laughs> man, it, this is... Darren, Darren Wilson, man, you you did it to us, man. Rob is hard to beat. Rob really knows his bad movies, but I want to know. I want I want to know on our on our uh, page. I want to know what people think of this movie because maybe yeah. people maybe some people like this. Yeah, I, I'll be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you know what? Honestly, I, I have a friend, my friend Mikey, that used to play in a band with me. He, I'd never seen this movie back in the day, and he was obsessed with this. Really, like he. But he was, but he was a huge sci-fi nerd. Like he loved like almost anything sci-fi. Yeah, well, so at, ma- at this time period too, because you had you know the coming off of Star Starship Troopers and all this stuff, which were classic sci-fi novels that they turned into movies. So maybe this was supposed to play into all that stuff, and it just 
didn't at all, man. It's just pathetic. And well, it did seem like this would be like a strike while the iron's hot kind of movie, but right. they just missed the mark. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they missed it all together. So, yeah, if you guys have experiences, if you went and seen it in the theater or you want to recall the first time you saw it and what your reactions were, we'd love to see that stuff, man, because uh, this this movie is, is absolutely terrible. <laughs> also, if anybody, if there's anything that's, like, super bad that stands out to you in this movie that we missed, yeah. you, know, uh, you know, let us know also because I'm sure there's other things that I just, I glossed over because I was looking at everything else that was stupid. Yeah, but you know, like there's got to be way more. What were they thinking? Moments in this movie? Sure. Yeah, share that stuff with us. Put it on the page, man. We'd love to hear that stuff. Also, check out all the other episodes we put out. We're on Legion Podcasts. We're on iTunes or Apple Music or Apple Podcast. They call it now. They've gotten a fancy, smanchy name for it. I think we're working on being on Stitcher. I thought we were already on there, but I think it was Gary Hill sent me a message saying, hey, I don't see you guys on here. So that's being fixed as we're speaking right now and uh, get get out there. Also, everywhere else you listen to podcasts, we're out there. Don't forget Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. Just come hang out with us, man. Cyclo. Cyclo, yeah. We'll be ready to come back and do another show for you next week. So, Johnny, you got anything else? No, I think I'm good on Star. <laughs> oh, almost a Starship Troopers. I think I'm good on this episode, man. <laughs> All right. So we'll we'll talk to you guys later. Take it easy. Peace. Bust up. Bust up.